Hey, you're listening to the Quarry Podcast. Get ready to be encouraged and uplifted with us today. Thank you, Pastor Teagues. <laughs> hey, let's just pray for a moment. Holy Spirit, we're excited about tonight. I pray that you would speak through me. Sometimes I don't always have the words to say, Holy Spirit, but you do, and I know you. I pray that you will speak through me tonight and give me the right words to say. Lord, you said that we can speak a word in season to anyone who might be weary. And I know when life happens, sometimes it can make us feel weary. So Holy Spirit, I pray and believe that you'll speak through me to have a word in season for somebody who's listening, someone who's paying attention, someone who's attentive tonight. And if you came in here tonight with any feelings of nervousness or just not feeling settled, I just say to those, those thoughts and those emotions right now to peace be still. You know, there's power in our words. We say to those things right now, maybe somebody said something to you at school. Maybe you have something coming up this week that you're distracted about right now. We say to those things, peace be still. And Lord, your word said that we can take our thoughts into captivity Meaning if they come on our head and we don't want them there, I'll say, I'm, I'm just locking that thing up right now. And Lord, I cast that care on to you. And so we do that tonight before we get started. Lord, we cast our cares on you. Lord, you said that you care for us and that we can do that. Lord, you said you would take the burden. You would take the heavy thing from us. And we're not going to carry those things and we're not going to be thinking about those things. I, Holy Spirit, I, I pray that everybody in here today tonight would be focused, that they would lean in and that you would speak right through me and that there would be a word in season for at least one, if not everybody in here tonight. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. 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 I might condense these rows. <laughs> okay, everybody. Guys, we're going to be gentlemen. Let's come over to this side here. Is that cool? <laughs> I mean, it is 2021. I, I could have said, girls, you get up and move over. But, you know, you know I'm just trying to... take, right? I like us to be closer. And I went for a run this week and my my legs are a little sore and I don't have to walk back and forth so much. Is that cool? I will, Tegan. She said, do what you want. I will. Thank you. Well, I'm excited to be with you guys tonight. I love each and every one of you that are in here. I love what we get to do uh, meeting together on Wednesday nights. I love this community. Uh, it's a very special part of our church, all the leaders and all the students that are here tonight, um, and, and maybe even the, some of the ones that aren't here tonight. It's just an awesome night. It's, it's a highlight of my week. Sunday's the highlight of, of my week, and, and Wednesday's uh, a, close, a close first place, but it's, it comes second. But I love this night. And I know a lot of us have schedules, and a lot of us can be busy, but let's always be, be sure we make this Wednesday night, our priority. No matter what school's doing, no matter, I know you got to listen to your mom and dad, but say, hey, mom and dad, church is tonight. I can't, I can't go do that thing. But let's always remember to make this a priority because I'm just so convinced, and I've seen it happen so many times that when we come here and meet, God has something specific for your life. So these nights are special to me. I want to talk tonight. Actually, I ripped Pastor Jordan's message from Sunday. Just took it. It's mine tonight. And uh, I, no, I, I stole, I stole a, a segment out of there that I thought was amazing. I couldn't quit thinking about it. But 
I wanna to talk to you tonight about, am I paralyzed or propelled? Are you paralyzed tonight? Or have you been propelled in life? If you were here Sunday, Pastor Jordan read a non-Christian scientific study about PTG versus PTSD. PTG, post-traumatic growth versus PTSD. You know, uh, it's post-traumatic stress disorder. A lot of people, when they go through something tough, something traumatic, they react one way or the other. The post-traumatic growth, people grow through that season and they come out on the other side better. Post-traumatic stress, they go through that season and they are forever influenced in a negative way for the rest of their life because they haven't dealt with it. And I've had a number of these <laughs> events in my life and I would say um, everybody in here has. And I just wanna uh, share a story about that. Uh, something that I went through personally. Do you like stories? Is that cool? Okay. No? Who said it? Till it? I want to talk about my time uh, in the Army just real quick. Real quick. I'm not going to spend forever on it, but, you know, I started out, uh, graduated high school. I know I've told this story a few times, but there's a lot in it. <laughs> it was six years of my life. It was a big deal. I did some things that uh, large majority, like only 1% of the U.S. population will ever get to be a part of. That's uh, only 1% of the U.S. population will ever sign up to be in the military. So I got to experience some things that were unique, maybe compared to what other, other people might experience. And I know that you guys have been through things that maybe I haven't been either, but I graduated high school and went uh, to four months of boot camp. That was wonderful. Not, and then when it was over, I went to another four months of training, and then here I am in Iraq all of a sudden at age 19. Awesome. Great. Yeah, I had never been out of DuPont, Indiana before. Madison, it's, it is so, we had one school, uh, one gas station, one place called the Railroad Cafe, and all of those are closed down. Mate, rest in peace. It's kind of sad, but um, I came from nowhere. I mean, it was small. So here I am in, with a machine gun in my hands all of a sudden in Iraq. So yeah, uh, that, that really changed up really quickly for me. But what I want to focus on is... is you know, the, frame, the phrase PTSD kind of got coined uh, through, through wars and things like that, right? Now, we understand PTSD is not just uh, something that someone in the military goes through. I hadn't heard of it until I went to the military. Then I just found out it could come from any kind of traumatic event. That's what it is. It's a, it's a traumatic event, and it's, it's the way you react after that event. So uh, while we were there, while we were deployed, I was the, uh, the gunner in the very, very, very last vehicle in our convoy convoy we had seven military gun trucks and in between truck number one and two was about seven or eight flatbed uh, semi trucks so we stretched out real long and then I was on the very end my job was to make sure no enemies came up behind us and got into our convoy so kind of kind of stressful kind of a big deal um, I succeeded uh, just if everybody was wondering one guy almost did and I said not today and he decided to, uh, to turn and go down an alley which was good for him um, so we all experienced uh, this thing together. Uh, there was a lot of times, there was nights where nothing happened. And we were just kind of, it was like the calm before the storm. You're we always just waiting. But um, I think we found, we actually found four bombs that didn't go off. That's awesome. That means saved lives. But two of them actually did go off while we were on missions. And uh, one of our guys caught some shrapnel in his cheek and on, his, on the palm of his hand. Another guy really got thrown pretty hard inside, the, inside of the turret and uh, got a concussion as a result and was having headaches for up to a year. But I did, wasn't necessarily in those blasts, but I was a part of those. 
I remember one night we were driving and I'm the one that's sticking up out of the vehicle. I have, I'm here and we're facing this way. I have my driver down below me in an armored truck under protection. Here I'm sticking out. I have my truck commander down here. I remember looking forward and being so bored and all of a sudden this flash happened behind us. A bomb went off and I remember seeing my shadow on the ground because we rolled around at nighttime. But the blast, which was way back here, was so bright that I could see the outline. I could see my helmet and I could see me leaning up against my turret with my arm in my head. I remember seeing it and we were like, wow, what happened? So I'm just kind of like laying a foundation for kind of what we experienced over there. And then 18 separate times we were shot at. Uh, not every time I saw where it came from, but the majority of the times I could see where the bullets were coming from. And they weren't always just skipping off my helmet or anything like that, but they were coming in my direction, which is uh, anywhere, any, any bullet that's aimed anywhere in your direction is no fun. So, <laughs> so there's 2,500 soldiers from Indiana that was a part of that. And we all experienced the same bombs, the same bullets. And there was a guy one night, uh, um, a local that did try to detonate a bomb on, uh, off on us and wound up killing himself as a result. And we did have to drive through that. And it was, he was here and there and there and there, and he was all over the place because of what, what he had detonated was something to take out the gunner specifically. That could have been me. I know there was seven options of different guys he could have taken out, but that could have been me. I'm thankful to God that it wasn't. Um, but we all saw that same guy and some didn't handle it well. A lot of people didn't. The, I won't tell you his name, but the guy I was telling you, I was up here, there was a driver here and there was a truck coming here. I remember two years after Iraq was over, I was at a random training event in Fort Knox and I, we were walking up in line. I was getting my lunch chow and we we're just getting our food and I walk over and I hear, hey, Buck. And I look over and it's that guy that was my truck commander and he used a few uh, select words to greet me, which was great. And uh, he gave me big hugs, like, good to see you. Hey, hey you wanna come sit with me? Wanna, you wanna eat with me? I was like, yeah, sure, that'd be great. And you know, I kind of missed him. He's, he's kind of like, uh, like an uncle to me, even though he was kind of angry at me sometimes. But, um, and we sat down and within five minutes, he said, we were just talking, you know, shooting the breeze. <laughs> and we were just talking and he said, hey, he got real serious all of a sudden. He's like, hey, do you remember that blast that went off that night? And I was kind of like, uh, which one? I was like, oh yeah, yeah, on that one certain road, Route Mobile, yeah, I remember that. He said, do you ever think about that? I said, uh, only when I've told stories before. He's like, man, I have nightmares every night about that. And this was two years later. And I, I hadn't even almost even thought of it. Now I remember that had happened to me, but I, I hadn't even really even thought of it. And, you know, we're talking about how people handle things when you go through a traumatic event. You know, <clears throat> As a result of, you know, maybe just being, being away for a long time, uh, with two of my friends did kill themselves after, after we returned home. And there was another guy that tried to kill himself and he wasn't successful. And kind of last I had heard, he was uh, at U of a hospital and kind of in a paralyzed state. And I still don't know what happened to him. I haven't, I haven't heard. And I haven't dug too deep, but everyone responds differently through things. And I'm 100% convinced that had I not had God in my life, I would have been possibly another statistic. Could have been that guy in the hospital. Could have been the guy that actually did kill himself. There was nothing really different about me other than the fact that I knew God. 
And I leaned on that. And I, I, that was before I was even in this church. I didn't really know what it meant to have a relationship with God. I heard my parents talk about it, but you know what it was to, to read my Bible. I didn't really even want to read my Bible. Every, although <laughs> there's no atheist in a foxhole. You've heard that term. Everybody got real religious real quick when we went to Iraq. And they're like, hey, hey, you know that God that I've always mocked you about? Can you tell me about him real quick? And <laughs> we'd always spend a, they, they called me their priest and their good luck charm. And I was like, no, no, no. I was at the time, I was like, no, guys, it's all God, you know, being real, like a, you know, a perfect cheesy Christian like that. No, no, just look right through me and then right to heaven. You know, it's, it's not me, guys. But they'd say, priest, get over here, come pray. We need our good luck charm. Ah, and they pat me on the back and like rub my hand like they do like a l- lucky rabbit's foot. But, <laughs> but I'm convinced that it was God that sustained me through that. But the season that you're in will either paralyze you or propel you. It's very true. I've been through things that some of you will never go through. And some of you have gone through things that I I won't ever know what that's like. But the thing is, we've all been through something. We've all been through something that's traumatic. We've all been through something that should have affected us in a very negative way. But look at us now. We've grown through those things. You know, and we're talking about going through these seasons. It depends on the perspective that you have when you go through these. It really does. You know, I was talking about PTSD, and you know, here, here's a couple things that maybe that you all could relate to. Now, now, now my parents were actually, uh, they, didn't, they weren't divorced all through um, me, myself growing up, but even as of maybe recently, my parents have split up. So um, I at least got to grow up with my parents being together and knowing what that was like, and, and that, was, that was awesome. But some of you in here come from families that, that have been divorced. That's a traumatic event. I'm glad I didn't have to experience that in my preteens and even like being seven, eight years old, or even up until my early twenties. I'm glad I didn't have to experience that, but maybe there's PTSD. We're talking about things that are traumatic. Maybe there's fighting in your home. Maybe you've lost someone that's close to you. And you know, we, we've lost recently Pastor Diana. I say, let me correct myself. She's gone to heaven, which is far better than here, but we miss her and we love her. And when these things happen that catch us off guard, that kind of smack you out of nowhere, how will you respond? Are you going to be paralyzed or will you let this event propel you forward? Everybody's thinking like, man, that's, that's a pretty grim way to look at it. Yeah, man, someone died. I'm going to, I'm going to do better. It depends on your perspective. And let me explain this a little bit more. But maybe, maybe you've been in a car wreck. Maybe being in a wrong, wrong relation. Heck, even falling down the stairs can be a traumatic event for somebody. <laughs> I know this person that won't even cross any of the bridges from Kentucky into Indiana because he was on a bridge one time and he felt the wind move it. And he is paralyzed. He will not cross the bridge from Kentucky into Indiana. It can be a traumatic event. <laughs> Just saying. So we've, we've all experienced these traumatic things, right? But the Lord will sustain you through them. He sustained me through every single one. So I want to talk about my first point here, and I'm not going to spend much longer tonight. Ready for point number one? Growth happens in community. I thank Pastor for talking about it. I I have to give him credit. I just say, hey, I'm just going to do a copy and paste right into my notes tonight. (laughs) Good thing I'm not getting checked for plagiarism on this. But um, (laughs) growth happens in community. So we're talking about what do you do when traumatic events happen to you? the study that pastor read on Sunday was the common denominator they found between the two groups, the ones that had been through something 
and then the ones that um, grew through it and were better on the other side versus the ones that are now messed up their whole life. The common thing they found is that the group that grew had community in their life. Community. And when I've been through traumatic events, even when I was younger, I may not have had this church, but I did have a very close family that really kept up with all your business. So you really couldn't hide anything. Justin knows what I'm talking about. When you have a big family, you talk about everything. When I came to this church, I have a couple friends that are like, yeah, I haven't told my dad this. I'm like, bro, how do you guys get away with that? My family knew everything. And not only did they know it, we would all sit down in the living room and we would talk about each other's business in front of everybody. And it was awkward. <laughs> We're not doing that tonight, thank goodness. But I had community, community before I maybe knew that the church represented community, that there was a community here. But I have that now. Let's look at this real quick. Proverbs 11:14 out of the passion. It says, people lose their way without wise leadership, but a nation succeeds and stands in victory when it has many good counselors to guide it. And I, I say this, but you succeed and stand in victory when you have many good counselors to guide you. There's two people that I talk to a lot about my, maybe my time in the military. And I, and I know I've shared with you guys before, I've had a, I have a wonderful family, but I had kind of a, a wild ride for a number of years, praise God. Um, but I talked to two specific people a lot during that time. And the Stumbler brothers are included in that, but you guys didn't make the list, I'm sorry. I talked to Sean Pearson, if you, if you know who that is, he was in our church. Um, I still talk to him and Pastor Jordan. He was youth Pastor Jordan at the time. And, you know, here, here we are. We're talking about people lose their way without wise leadership, but a nation succeeds and stands in victory when it has many good counselors to guide it. I talked to these two people so, I mean, so much. that They're probably like, dude, shut up about this. Like, you just don't ever stop. But I did. I just kept talking about it and talking about it. And that was my way of processing with it. And I wanted to grow and I wanted to be propelled coming out on the side. I didn't want to let these these traumatic events define my life for the rest of my life. I, I didn't want to be 50 and still talking about what happened to me back in the day. We know a lot of people that live like that. But honestly, honestly, without these guys, I really am not sure if I would have made it those seasons because I had community. You know, those guys that I was deployed with that I talked about that took their lives. I'm, I'm, I don't know their life so specifically, but I would really, really guarantee that they didn't have a community in their life. I know there's a lot of factors going into that, why those things happen. And, and you all know some people that have taken their lives as well, but I, community and isolation and being alone and not feeling like you can express yourself leads people to do things like that. But I don't know if it's this way for you, but being in community has never been hard for me. I like being around people. It's just, it just makes sense to me. I have, uh, I'm one of 10, 10 kids. There's, uh, right in the middle, I'm number five, right in the middle. And I was just always used to having a lot of people around. So it's not hard for me to like, hey, you need to hang out with people. Like, sure, that's awesome. Like, I don't wanna just always be alone. I do like my alone time. If anybody likes to be alone, can you say amen real quick? Yeah, I don't get it much anymore, but uh, it's okay. Justin, you know what I'm talking about. If you have kids, you don't get alone time ever, except when you're using the bathroom. Um, and then you spend 20 minutes in there. Okay. Uh, <laughs> my son asked me the other day, Daddy, why do you go to the bathroom so long? It's like, because you're not in here. That's why. And I can do whatever I want that someone disturbed me. Is that okay for me to say that? Just figured everybody want to know my business. <laughs> so being in community has never been hard for me, but it's never been hard for me to open up and say something to, to, to people that I trust. So I say, if you're hurting, say something. If you've been through something traumatic, say something. 
You know, you can talk to your pastors, you can talk to your life group leaders, and you can talk to your parents about things. Let me just talk to, maybe address this group in here specifically. Sometimes um, I don't like the amount of joking that I see in our group. We have a culture of it, and that's great. We have a lot of fun around here. But I, I, do, I see 95% joking and then maybe a 5% serious real talk. The real talks are what help us in life. The joking just hides the things that we're running from. It's good to joke. It's good to have a, to have a fun time. But I, I've had way more people come to me to joke than they've come to me and say, can I talk to you about something? And I want to see more of that, girls and guys. And young men, I want you guys to open up. Uh, I am not impressed by your toughness, not even a little bit, not even a tiny bit. Um, but I am impressed when you guys let your guard down and when you open up and you talk about real things that actually matter. Not a joke that we're still joking about that happened five years ago. Yeah, I love it. It's hilarious. It's funny. But when are we actually going to talk about things that are going to help us? I would love it if a youth came up like, hey, you know what I was reading last night? I'm like, oh my gosh, what were you reading in your Bible last night? That'd be amazing. Or, hey, can I talk to you about something? Myself and Morgan and these leaders in here, when those opportunities present themselves, I'm like jumping inside like, please, let's talk. Because I know how much it's helping you, and, it's, I, I, and I, love to, I love to be to one to help kind of guide you through that. But I, I see this is a breakthrough moment for them. This is a time when they're figuring something in their life out, and they're going to talk through it, and we're going to get better together. So young men, open up. I'm not impressed with your toughness. And then, uh, ladies, you're not left out. Um, young women, quit judging each other. Quit talking about people behind their back. No wonder it's hard for some of you girls to open up to each other when all you do is talk about each other. And worse, you girls are supposed to be the ones that are getting each other's backs. But no wonder you don't open up because you're afraid that when I tell this person, then the whole group knows my business. I'm not saying that we're failing in this completely. I'm saying we need to do a better job. That's all. Take it or leave it. There's the door if you're offended. <laughs> Just kidding, don't go. Don't go. <laughs> Here's another rip from Pastor Jordan. Thank you, Pastor Jordan. James 5, 16 of the NLT. I love this scripture, and we talked about this a while ago. It says, confess your sins to each other. This is just what we're talking about. And pray for each other so that ye may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. I've talked to a couple of the guys in here before, and I've said this before, and I'll say it again. The greatest freedom I've experienced in my life is when I opened up and told people the secrets of my life, the things that hurt me, the things I was still thinking about, that word that person told me 10 years ago that said, what you're doing is not good enough. I need you to try harder. Those things that really messed me up when I never felt like someone had told me, I'm really proud of you. I think you're doing a wonderful life. I, I need to hear things. I finally opened up and talked to people about these things and I've noticed it's freedom after freedom. I'm getting better and getting better and I'm growing farther and farther away from this to the point to where I almost don't even remember what, what those things were even said over me because I know now what God said about me. That's the greatest freedom I've ever experienced is when I finally told someone about what I'd been through because I'm choosing and I'm purposing not to be paralyzed by traumatic events, by life events. And we're all, man, 2020 was a, was a life event. Yes. It was a lot to, to stir people up, to mess people up. Yeah. But what did you do? Did you, did you put it in park and stay there? Yeah. 
Or did you, did you grow through it? Did, were you propelled through that? I want to say this. You can't do this alone. And on your own, you will fail. There's that. So community is key. Community is what we're after. Let's look at point number two. You ready? I love this. And I've said this multiple times for a few years. Anytime something happens, let storms in life be wind in your sails. Let storms in life be wind in your sails. It's all about perspective. You think, uh, how could this be wind in my sails? This hurts. I don't, I don't enjoy this. This is not fun. I didn't say it was always fun or easy. But let the season that, I think this is speaking to a couple of people, let the season that you're in right now be the fuel that carries you through the next ones. Right now, there are a number of you, you in here that are going through a season that you do not enjoy. You're like, I don't like this. This is not fun. And I've been through them. And I've actually kind of come out of a couple recently in the past few months. But some of you in a season, you're like, this is not fun. Can this end? I'm ready for this to be over. But the things that you are learning right now, the long suffering, the patience that you are learning right now is equipping you for the next season. I could, I could go back and tell you uh, the, the, the place that I used to work at, I always wondered, why am I here? Like, oh, like I should quit. I should go somewhere else. I'm getting yelled at every day. This is really tough. Um, you know, why am I here? I didn't understand now that I have a business that five years of that job I was at has set me up 100% for what I'm doing now. And I did not know it. I didn't even know in those five years that I'd even have a business. And it's been one of the best things that's ever happened to our family. So I don't know what God's setting you up right now for, and I don't know exactly what you're going through or what you're learning. But if you're intentional with the season that you're in and think about it, if you need to change your perspective to, man, I wish this was over, instead of, God, what are you teaching me right now? What's coming that if I don't do a good job at learning in this season right now, I'm gonna, I might fail in the next one. But if you think about what's going on here right now that I can learn, God, I'm going to be faithful in this season. So when the next, come, next one comes around, I'm going to be prepared for it. And others maybe didn't do the work to be prepared for. And then you're going to excel and you're going to be propelled forward when maybe they might be taking a back seat. Just saying. I've seen it happen. I've been the one that didn't do the work. And then I've been the one that has done the work. And I'm like, wow, this is what that was for. Come on, has anybody been through something like that in here? I'm glad to hear. But just be faithful in that season that you're in. And you know, Pastor Nancy kind of uh, said something like this recently. She said, with the right perspective, obstacles are meant to make us stronger, actually. She said, let giants be your nutrient. Uh, I, I just changed the wording a little bit. I like what she said, though, but I never thought about that. Let the, th you know, we're, point number two, we're talking about let storms in life be wind in your sails. If the things that we go through, the obstacles, if you change your perspective on it, they're supposed to make us stronger so that when we come out, we're propelled instead of, just barely getting by, walking sluggishly through that thing. You know, and, and whenever I go through something hard or traumatic, or when I hear of somebody that went through something, I remember recently, you know, I'm married, I have three kids, and I want to be a great husband and a great father. I heard of somebody that a lot of people look up to in the body of Christ, a minister that had kind of messed up in his marriage. And a lot of people are like, well, shoot, if it happened to him, it could happen to me. I think, though, that makes me want to try harder to be an even better husband and father. Not like, oh, well, man, it's, you know, if it's happening to them, it's going to happen to all of us. No, that, that, that makes me say, I'm going to try even harder. I'm going to push even harder to be a better dad and a better husband and not let things just, not just sweep them under the rug, but I'm going to try really hard in this thing. 
And it makes me want to tighten down and get more focused than I was before. This is my last verse for tonight. Out of James 1, 2 through 4, the passion. You know, we're talking about let the storms in your life be wind in your sails. And we're talking about having the right perspective. It says here in verse 2, it says, My fellow believers, when it seems as though you are facing nothing but difficulties, see it as an invaluable opportunity to experience the greatest joy that you can. For you know that when your faith is tested, it stirs up in you the power of endurance. And that's what I'm after. The power of endurance. We need that endurance. We need the power to endure, to get through this life. You know, I know with Pastor Diana passing and going to heaven, I know that's not something you're just expecting all the time, right? Like, yeah, it's going to happen. No, we were, we were believing God for the best. Now she's in heaven. I mean, how, how much better could it be? But that has the chance to really get you off track, right? But it says... For you know that when your faith is tested, it stirs up in you the power of endurance. And then as your endurance grows even stronger, it will release perfection into every part of your being until there's nothing missing and nothing lacking. That's pretty, that's pretty crazy. It will release perfection? Wow, okay. Jesus was perfect. I want to be like Jesus. But it's saying, the, uh, uh, if you, when your faith is tested, it stirs up um, in you the power of endurance. And it's saying that perfection will be released into every part of you. That's awesome. That's amazing. You know, Pastor, I'm going to close with this. Pastor Jordan has said this a bunch recently. We've either, when, we, when he's been here at church on a Sunday morning preaching or whether I've talked to him on the phone about something, he said, you know what, I'm not backing down an inch. And I feel that way too. I'm not going to be paralyzed when, it, when the devil tries to come in and mess something up. I'm going to be propelled forward. I'm going to be launched forward. I'm, I'm, I'm choosing that right now. And you need, you need to just tell yourself that whatever comes, because stuff does come up. We're not immune to that. You know that, right? We're faith people. We believe and expect God's best, but we also understand that things come up. What would our faith be for if life was just a piece of cake all the time? That's what faith is for, is to get through hard times. But he said, I'm not backing down an inch. And that's, that's how I am. You know, I, I, when I went through those traumatic events, maybe um, in my time, during my time in the military, I, I didn't necessar necessarily know hardly any of this, what I'm talking to you guys about tonight. But I, cho I chose not to be a victim in that time. I had heard a little bit of teaching, a little bit of word to know, like, yeah, I, I think I am a victor. I think, yeah, Jesus in victory. And like, you know, we're one with Jesus. So what he has, we have. And I knew a little bit about that. But I wasn't, I wasn't going to back down an inch and just give up. And, and just just quit. Because quitting takes no talent. It's really easy to quit. It takes no effort. It takes no talent. Anybody can just quit. But I'm looking for a group of people that are willing to put a little bit of work in and push past those things and not let those things dictate the rest of their life, dictate all their decisions, their relationships, the jobs that they get. That should be our perspective. So we're not going to be paralyzed. We're going to be propelled through this through the seasons of life and the storms of life are you with me yes, sir. come on everybody just stand up on your feet real quick i'm finishing i'm going to pray here lord we love you tonight holy spirit thank you for being here with us tonight ministering to everybody that's in here holy spirit i trust and believe that the words that you have shown me the scriptures that you've shown me that they would go down into people and encourage them and strengthen them and give them endurance to keep going. Lord, we're not going to be paralyzed when things come up in life, but we're going to be propelled through them. 
Lord, we're going to change our perspective to see that obstacles are actually going to make us stronger and that we're going to come out better on the other side of it. And we thank you, Holy Spirit, for showing us that. We thank you, Holy Spirit. Just want to wait for just a second. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for endurance. Thank you for community. Thank you for the the pastors and the leaders and the mentors in our life and the brothers and sisters in our life that are keeping us accountable and encouraging us and strengthening us. Holy Spirit, thank you for putting me in a place where I could receive that. I'm thankful. I haven't forgot that I didn't have that at one point. For a long time in my life, Holy Spirit, I didn't have that. And I'm just thankful you've put me in a place to to set me up for success. And I'm thankful for it. Well, I think that's everything I have tonight. I just like to sometimes just wait, see if the Holy Ghost has anything. And I didn't, I didn't pick up anything. So we'll just close real quick. Lord, we're just thankful for this time tonight. Lord, your presence is here and it's already, it's already changed us. It's begun a work in us tonight that's going to carry us throughout the rest of our life. Lord, we thank you for an awesome time fellowshipping tonight in your presence. And that, Lord, your angels, your ministering spirits that you gave us to put to work, I pray that they keep us from all injury, harm, and destruction tonight. And we thank you for an awesome night in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. Amen. Y'all dismissed. Thanks for listening to this message. To learn more about what's happening at The Quarry, check us out on social media.